Lizard! It's Lizard Lieutenant Commander! And now, when I get my hands onto the pink crystal, I'll be able to power my bunker-destroying laser! Oh, hey, look at this, uh... That's a very pink crystal you're holding, It's very Chris. pink. I'm trying to think, is it tourmaline? I don't know what pink uh, crystals are. I... I'm bad at color names. Maybe it's, is this Curses! I have been foiled again! No, You wait. bunker boys have foiled me for the last time! Wait, actually, wait. well, hold on. I mean, like, it. I, we don't know that this is worth anything. You could, like, make us an offer, maybe? Lizard! You, you said it was... You said it was a bunker-destroying laser? We'll meet again, bunker boys! No, 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 no please, please, please. Please take this. Yeah, no, please. Here, here, give me give me your, your, your lizard paw... And and it just take it. Lizard! You just dropped it on the ground. You broke. What are we gonna do now? You were gonna destroy the bunker. Curses. No. Oh, that <sighs> fucked up my throat. <laughs> There's a reason Cobra Commander says like five things an episode. <sighs> That's why voice actors get the big bucks. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, they do okay. <clears throat> no, I mean, they don't. I mean, Matt Mercer is doing doing great right now. Yeah, but Matt Mercer has built a media empire around playing Dungeons and Dragons that makes him a fair amount of money. <laughs> Do you mean most people don't know Matt Mercer for... I don't know Matt Mercer. It's high noon. No, they don't. Nor do they know anyone on that show for any reason besides them playing Dungeons and Dragons until they introduce themselves and they're like, I played this character. And they're like, oh, I've seen that. I think Felicia Day was on that too, right? Yeah. People must know her. And actually, the cast of Daredevil is on one too. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> Deborah Ann Roll... Uh, runs a D&D game right now that like Kevin Smith has guested on and stuff and yeah that one looks fun I need to watch that one yeah but so, also so when are we going to do our real play uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast before um, or after the Lost spinoff I think it's part of the Lost spinoff. It could be part of the Lost spinoff, and you just need Ooh. to pay attention to all the dice rolls. <laughs> you know, what we could. They will come back later. <laughs> I, I think that I could make a very fun pen and paper role playing game based off of Lost. <laughs> It'd be great. Your character class would just be like the archetype of the character that you you fit into, right? Yeah. So like Hurley is super lucky, but bad things happen around him and he gets bonuses by like finding food in the jungle. Yeah. So you know? Chris, I know you've been off pod for a little bit, but we need to do the introduction before we get into the fun banter. Oh, we can just stitch it together and post. It's fine. Hello, internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Jafar. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're already mid-conversation, so this lost pen and paper game. Yeah, man. I'm thinking uh, D6 system. Uh, make Keep it simple, right? Uh, like, we could build it on the, uh, what's it called? The... 
the new um, powered powered by the apocalypse because that system is super like super it's super simple. D10 White Wolf is super simple. Yeah. Can I be the Greg Grunberg archetype? And my skills are being friends with J.J. Abrams, so I get in all of his stuff. <laughs> Yes, but that will only help you for one session because it's a cameo. <laughs> Is it? I thought he comes back. Oh, what if you? What if you could play a cameo character? Like literally every every week, you play a different character, <laughs> a different member of the uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Sorry, I'm in Saturday morning cartoon mode, <laughs> which is what we're here to discuss. Saturday morning cartoons. It's I'm debate gonna, day. I'm going to keep developing this off pod. Just just yeah. so you know. Yeah, we'll save it for Lost in the Bunker. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's just the working title, but I like it a lot. Lost in the Bunker is interesting because Lost does have bunkers. Yeah. It's also way specific to our show, but in a way that people might not notice. So Yeah, I feel like, you. oh, a Lost podcast. Lost yeah. in the Bunker. That makes sense. There's a bunker on the show. And then they listen to us and we're talking about man spiders and they're mm-hmm. just like, who the hell is Henry? But and also, we're like, show some goddamn respect. <laughs> yeah, he's the leader of the man spiders. But it also helps that um, Lost on DVD is the only form of entertainment we have mm-hmm. in the bunker. It's true. Um, We've referenced a few others. I mean, like I've got a PS4 and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we're here for our Saturday morning cartoon debate. Do you guys feel prepared? Yeah. Uh, well, I I am- literally watch these, like, every day, back when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> I am in my footy pajamas, so that's about as ready as I can be. Fair and they're, enough. And they're filthy. I mean... Well, it's the same pair I've had since I was eight. I'm glad those still fit somehow. That's really not. They ride up in certain places. Yeah, um, so the '90s knew how to make stretchy fabrics in a way that has been lost to the ages. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, what hasn't been lost to the ages is our first match, which is Jafar versus Ben. <laughs> oh yes, it is. <laughs> it will be lost to the ages very shortly. <laughs> By the ages, I mean. <laughs> the virtual ocean of content, the internet. Okay. Um, well, we've been having a pretty weird conversation so far, and we're just getting started, so I think I'm going to keep it weird, and we'll surf that virtual ocean of the internet with Freakazoid. So keep it weird should be the fucking tagline of our show. Inaccessibly weird, I thought, was what we were going to run with. <laughs> yeah. That, that does work. Okay. I still like, uh, we're experts on nothing, but we'll argue about everything. But Yeah, I mean, that's so season one. I mean, I still try. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, if we're going weird, I'm going with my weirdest one, which is saying something. I'm going with the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. All right. Every and time- we are pulling out of, uh, ironically enough, a uh, Thundercats lunchbox. Okay, cool. Reaching into this totally real... Thundercats lunchbox. Have you ever heard of overacting? I don't know the meaning of the word. I believe that. It's a, that was a Scott Pilgrim reference. It was. Um, your TV show is getting a TV movie. What's oh, God. The, what's the plot? <laughs> All right. So let me get the exact year here. Um, but <laughs> so the internet is where Freakazoid gets his powers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, uh, n- n- Super Nerd Dexter, or Dexter Douglas Nerd Computer Wiz, when one day on the internet got sucked in cyberspace, he got turned into the Freakazoid, now he's strong and super quick. 
He drives his villains crazy because he's a lunatic. Not on my phone from memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Freakazoid comes out in 95, runs for a couple years, right? Mm-hmm. Stops in 97. So we have an opportunity towards the end of 1999 to have Freakazoid come back and be topical. So my made-for-TV animated movie pitch is Freakazoid versus the Y2K bug. Hmm. Okay. Because um, that was the hysteria. Everyone had their bunkers, ironically enough, um, or at least food supplies, because no one was sure the economy was going to survive. Um, and when all the computers crashed, all the banks were going to lose all their money, and the stock market wasn't going to exist, and nothing was going to be recoverable. It was going to be really bad news. And so uh, <laughs> Dexter Douglas freaks out, turns into the freakazoid, and goes to the internet to find the literal y2k bug and beat it up now we're gonna go ahead and put this on uh upn right which is the network that it aired on mm-hmm. um it was a warner brothers cartoon uh but it's important to put this on upn because upn is also where wwe smackdown lived <laughs> because the y2k bug is going to be played by none other than y2j chris jericho <laughs> Okay. Wasn't he on WCW at the time? No, this would have been 1999-2000, man. He had gone over. Okay. That's why he got the Y2J gimmick, mocking the whole Y2K thing. Okay. Um, I don't know that SmackDown had started by 1999. The show might not be that old. But I'm not going to look that up. Uh, (laughs) Sure. <laughs> Don't fact check me. Um, I like that your new favorite we, podcast. Your new uh, catchphrase. <laughs> we, we rarely have, um, <laughs> except for the very first episode. Yeah, there was some <laughs> fact checking, but not anymore. So yeah, that's. I mean, most of these animated made-for-TV movies don't have much of a plot, so I figure I'm good. Mm-hmm. He goes in, fights Y2K. It's Chris Jericho. Um, it's an actual like bug who's a wrestler, and they have to fight, and it's zany and weird. And the cop is there, and all the freakazoid sub-characters that you love all make an appearance, um, including that that one guy um, who kidnapped people. Uh, What was his name? Oh, God. What was his name? He had the hood. I don't know. You don't know? Do you seriously not know the answer and want us to look it up? No, I know the answer. Okay. I'm trying to get one of you to say it. I don't know. I don't know the Son show. of a bitch, if you don't know the name Candlejack, how can you? Norm Abram? I don't know. I'm scrolling. Stop. Dude. <laughs> You're ruining my bit, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I have to know what your bit is in order to avoid ruining it. Have you it. not seen Can- Fucking. Okay, so Candlejack <laughs> is a character in Freak Disorder. If you say your name, he kidnaps you like three seconds after he says your name. If you say Candlejack, he... Yes. Where'd Ben go? Oh. See, this was the bit I was going for. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's, I think, consider me your test audience, right? <laughs> and until you just described what was going on. I feel like this joke would land for most people, Chris. That's fine. We'll just leave all of this in. Ben is still here. Go with your criteria. There goes my funny way to win. Sorry, I... Was not familiar with Freakazoid. It was kind of weird to me. It's no, it's still funny. <laughs> it's just <laughs> if we don't know the reference, we can't make it for you. <laughs> I know. It's fine. 
I yeah. still want to see Chris Jericho versus uh, Freakazoid? Freakazoid. No, yeah, that is great. Is the Y2K bug. It'll be fun. So, one of the side effects of Saturday morning cartoons is how cheap they are. But one of the upsides of when they do the Saturday morning cartoon movies is they actually get enough money to go around to, you know, up the artwork and maybe pay for some guest stars. And that is why in the the Cowboys of Moo Mesa, colon, Couchlaws, the made-for-TV movie, it is it is the our three heroes, uh, uh, Marshall Moo Montana, the Dakota Dude, and Colorado Kid, anthropomorphic cows who still ride horses, but it's you know, don't worry about it, don't think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, they are they are following the code of the West and protecting the frontier of Moo Mesa, which is there's a radioactive meteor and a huge chunk of the West gets turned into a mesa miles and miles high. Nobody can get on or off. And also, everyone's now cows. Um, As yeah, okay. It, it it is in the the time honored tradition of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Street Sharks of heroes mm-hmm. get turned into animals and we go from there. But in this one, some some previously unknown uh, bad hombres arrive, and because we have some money to throw around, they are voiced by. Uh, Famous Wild West actors who are now, you know, not willing, you know, in the stage of their career where they were like, sure, I'll make, you know, $20,000 to record five lines. And so our heroes are chasing down, uh, you know, the Couchlaw Josie Wales, voiced by Clint Eastwood. They're, they're chasing <laughs> after uh, Mule Brenner. Um, back, back in the 90s, I think most of these people hadn't been outed as being super racist yet. So Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Um, can't come up with a good Steve McQueen pun, but it's there's one there. I, I believe in the writers. Um, <laughs> Until now, Ben, I didn't think that it, this situation was possible. You could find... <laughs> will, will Val Kilmook be your Huckleberry in he this could. special? He very well could. Um, yeah, and so you just get... Any anybody even tangentially related to to a famous western, they they say their few lines, and then the cowboys of Mumesa chase them down, and there's a big standoff at the edge of Mumesa, where it looks like they're going down, but because they have the code of the West, C O W, cow, <laughs> they're able to fight them off. That is a literal major plot point in the, in the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> um, was Jimmy Stewart still around in the nineties? I don't think so, Chris. <laughs> I'm just trying to but oh, I'm not being. Oh gosh, I'm not you being guys cons- are sure. I'm not being constrained by who's alive and who's dead. I just don't remember Jimmy Stewart ever being in a western. Oh, he was in tons of westerns. Verified. Yep. Okay. Hmm. So a star-studded um, western uh, featuring actual western. Actors as cow versions of themselves. Did mm-hmm. I get that right there? Okay. Are they all? Is it? Is it like cow on cow violence, or do like? Do, are the bad guys a different species of animal? Um, they're mostly cows. There are some other ones, but okay. it's uh, almost everybody's cows. That's, see, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Usually, the heroes are one species, and the enemies are another species. So, typically, and typically, you know, like mice 
would be fighting cats, you know, or... Uh, well, I mean, they, I do believe, have a pun on Bat Masterson, and he is a bat. Um, but that is just for the cheap <laughs> pun. <laughs> so that, and then uh, a topical to the year 1999. Yeah. Uh, featuring one uh, star... Chris Jericho. Yeah. Chris Jericho. And uh, SmackDown had just started, by the <laughs> way. And also Chris Jericho had just debuted, like, all within, like, the first three, four months of 1999. Okay. So setting it in, like, putting it out in, like, November, December, perfect. That's that's some UPN synergy that they totally would have done. Yeah, they loved throwing wrestlers on shit on UPN. The Rock was on fucking Star Trek Voyager. It was great. Never forget. He rock-bottomed uh, Seven of Nine. He did. That yeah. happens. I think... So, I do... Well, I do like westerns. I think that the combination of Freakazoid plus wrestling outweighs my love for a show I didn't see but also plenty of excellent uh, Western actors uh, using their voice acting talents. So this one goes to Jafar. Huzzah. That's not the Code of the West there, Chris. I have never heard the Code of the West. <laughs> Moo Montana is making it up as he goes. <laughs> okay. That is part of the show. <laughs> also, I'm not going to lie, every time you say Cowboys of Moo Mesa, my heart rises a little bit thinking you're about to say Cowboy Bebop and then falls. <laughs> When it Sorry. realizes that you're not. Well, I think I think Cowboys of Mumesa is better because the heroes have a code. Cowboys of Mumesa is better, better than Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. And that's the end of this show. We had a good run. Uh, 73, 74 episodes. Uh, it was good while it lasted. Uh, you, Chris, you want to go do Lost in the Bunker? Maybe I'll just go missing. I'm just saying, you only have one hyper-intelligent animal. My show's got all of them. I wouldn't... I don't know that I'd describe any of the Cowboys of Mumesa as hyper-intelligent. How many episodes have you seen, Jafar? None. Yeah, so back <laughs> off. <laughs> Show's got layers. Sometimes sometimes Jafar fires from the hip, to use a cowboy <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> All Which right. I've done exactly once. It's mildly terrifying. Yeah, I would never ever do that. <laughs> I was on a range, but it was with a 12-gauge. Okay, that's... <laughs> Way harder to shoot yourself with with the barrel all the way out there. Like with a pistol, you can just like pop yourself in the leg. Yeah, I um, I was in a safe environment. <laughs> so I had a, uh, I went shooting with a buddy. I I was shooting a Nagant revolver, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like a really old Russian handgun. And we had pumpkins. And at the end of the day, we had too many pumpkins. And the only ammo we had left was for the Nagant because you can get it in just like fucking buckets full, right? Mm -hmm. And so I took a pumpkin. I threw it up in the air, and I threw the revolver, and I fucking hit it. It's like the best thing. I've n I'm not a good shooter. Like I'm, <laughs> I can hit things because, in general, like I understand the concept of like trying to be as still as possible and like making sure you're fucking aiming. But like I'm not a talented shooter by any means. It's just that the only time I ever threw a pumpkin into the air and shot at it with a revolver, I hit it, hundred percent. How big is this pumpkin? It was like this big. It was a, a fairly like it was like a head size pumpkin. So. Okay, because like I'm picturing you like trying to like throw like <laughs> a a big jack o' lantern sized pumpkin, and I was just like that is t incredibly dangerous. <laughs> no, man, like the difference in our childhoods right now. 
same, same, but different. Like, we used to go up to my folks' property up north, mm -hmm. and my sister and I would take turns with a, like, twenty two handgun <laughs> shooting a thumbtack in a wooden board from, like, 15, 20 yards. <laughs> <laughs> One time, I shot a quarter as it was flicked in the air, and I hit it. And it was my lucky quarter. It had a dent in it. It was on my keychain for years until I lost my keys on a remodel at a mirror. Mm. And Mount sucks. Pleasant freezers. That the my keys are somewhere in those freezers in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you find them, I don't own anything that used to unlock from those things anymore. Yeah. Please don't abuse it. But if you find my quarter, let me know. Alright, the next match. Ben versus Chris. Alright. <sighs> Well, going up against Chris, there's only one move I can make. Gotta go dark. Gotta go spooky. Lightning crash. Gargoyles. Okay, for a second I thought he was gonna go with Batman. That was gonna be so sad. It was you the misdirect. <laughs> um, okay then, I'm going to go... I'm just gonna start from the top of my list. Um, and go with, uh... The Wallaby from Australia who moves to the big city and experiences um, American life in all of its fullness. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to tell you to get YouTube ready on your phones here. Every Saturday morning cartoon needs a great theme song to get it started. Make one change to yours to make it better. So why don't we start by listening to these theme songs they're like a minute and a half of music. I'm not worried about getting sued for these ones. So just play them for your phones. And uh, at least a little bit to give us an idea what you want to do here. Okay. All right. So the Gargoyles opening theme. This fucking metal. Tell us about it, Keith David. Yeah. Man, Keith David is the best. <laughs> it is. A fucking treasure. All right, Ben, what are you doing to that theme song? So, it is moody. It yes. is atmospheric. Check. It is almost perfect. The only thing it is missing is a sick 90s guitar riff. Okay. Because see, right there at the end, when it when it's past the explaining part, mm -hmm. what it really needs over the over the top of all the gargoyles reacting and villain shots and you know uh, 
many, many, many images of them busting out of their stone form is just a... You gargles. <laughs> Bursting out of the, you know, because it's they started off in the past, and so that's where that organ works, that that moody, uh, you know, yeah, almost church sounding cathedral organ music sounds great. But then we're like, and we woke up in New York City. Gargoyles. Can I? Uh, can, can I'm gonna go ahead and make a suggestion that you get the mighty raw to play that. The Mighty Raw being uh, the guy who played the Power Rangers theme. I mean, that works. Yeah. I was going to suggest that if you did this for the modern day, uh, you would get the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Ooh. I mean, that is the kind of vibe, like, definitely, like, it incorporates all the moody organ, but it takes it into, like, a kid-friendly metal song. (laughs) (laughs) Legit. Chris, let's hear the theme to Rocco. Which I think both you and I are familiar with. I'm least. familiar with it as this is when I know to change the channel. <laughs> oh. Turn my volume up. So, uh, was that the B-52s? Yeah, yes. Yes, it was. Okay, because I never lot, noticed that as a kid either. A lot of times, like, they do, like, sound-alikes for things, but I also know the B-52s would sell out for any amount. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, I wonder if the B-52s are on that Cameo website. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. They were in the Flintstones movie. <laughs> I wonder how much money it takes to get the B-52s to record. Shockingly little. I they were in the Flintstones movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the uh, one of the dominant themes of Rocco's modern life is capitalism. Um, yeah. Rocco as a wallaby from uh, Australia. Uh, the big culture shock is like how... You know, everything in America is for sale. Um, when you first meet him, he is, uh, and this is up for debate, but the general consensus among fans is that he's working as a sex phone worker. Mm-hmm. Um, the sign behind him says, uh, be not be hot, be naughty, be respectful, I think. Something like that. Something like yes. that, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so having the B-52s um, <laughs> do the theme song, which I think I, I read somewhere was a like pie in the sky idea. Like the creator was like, I want the B-52s to do this. I never expected that he would get the B-52s to do it. Okay. But as the B-52s soon proved, they will sell out for anything. Making both tonally the song is perfect for the show and just its style. But also the choice of band is perfect for the show when it comes to theme. So the answer is, I can't do anything to improve it. It's fucking perfect. Okay. 
Um, the B-52's not on Cameo. Nah, bummer. I'm super upset about this. Although Mickey Avalon is still selling Cameos for $69. Nice. I don't know who that is. The guy who does my dick. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's appropriate. And by that I mean completely inappropriate. Yes. All right. It's on brand. It's on brand. <laughs> um. All right. I think I got to give this one to Ben. Um. TSO, Sweet Lick. It's really stuck in my head. I think. Ah, damn it. I I gave TSO. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that was the vibe I was trying to get for, but you you put it more succinctly than I did. Yeah, I can I, I can really see that working out really well. I hate it when I win Ben's case for him. It happens to all of us, Chris. Okay. All right. The next match is Chris versus Jaffer. All right, and I'm reaching into this Thundercats lunchbox. We unfortunately do not have the thermos. It's really tanked the resale value. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Alone in the World was a Little Cat Dog. All right, Cat Dog. Cat Dog. Alone in the World was a Little Cat Dog. Don't worry about the digestive uh, system implications. Um. Some Matt Pat of uh, Game Theory did a film theory episode on. Can you make an actual cat dog? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so un- unsurprisingly, his answer was no. <laughs> um, all right. I think I'll counter with uh, Muppet Babies, and we'll just get anthropomorphic up in this bitch. They're making their dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Your show is getting a 90s live action movie. <laughs> what do they screw up? Oh. <laughs> oh. I think I've got an answer for Chris's, but I'm interested in hearing what his answer is. I think my answer for Chris's is the same answer for mine is the, your same answer for Chris's. But we'll find out in a moment. Oh, God. Live action? Live action cat dog. Uh, what could they possibly get wrong with a live action cat dog, Chris? So are we going for worst wins? Just to be clear, before, um, before we start, I'm gonna go with most compelling. So <laughs> it, it could be like this compelling. You can make a uh, worse movie, but if you tell a better story, they win. That one wins. I'm not looking like if so, if Jafar comes up with a pitch that is definitely like this makes twelve dollars at the box office, but you told your story better, you still win. So what do they get wrong, Chris? How can they possibly screw up a live-action cat dog movie? I'm, so I'm still. I think the question that you're asking is at odds with the direction that. <laughs> so, to be to be clear, I have to tell you what they get wrong and hope that my film is still better than Jafar's. No, no, no. So, so but it's but, just whatever but, whatever story you tell about them screwing something up. Okay. the The goal is to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Funniest wins. Okay. Um, so I think that uh, so like let's say a theoretical trailer for this live action cat, cat dog film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen this a lot lately. Disney has been remaking films uh, left and right, taking old animated uh, properties and updating them. Uh, you've also seen a rash of sentimental. Um, uh, films about animals kind of like a resurgence of the whole like 
I don't know, like Lassie kind of thing. Um, I'm thinking of a dog's life, right? Yes. Um, where it's very sad and tearful. And so I'm thinking that like the, uh, the, the trailer for this film is going to start looking basically like your average sentimental uh, film, right? <laughs> um, so you're like, Mommy, I want a kitty. And then her, you know, baby, baby brother's like, Dog, dog. And this mom is like totally overworked, but she's like, she really loves her kids. She's a single mom, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like... Oh, my heartstrings. She's like... Stop tugging on them, Chris. She's like, <laughs> I can't... I can't get both, right? And so she's like... She's at the, the shelter like, you only have one left? <laughs> <laughs> she's like looking through the shelters and she's just like, I can only get one. She's like, no, none of these are right. And she's walking down like a street, just looking sad and dejected. The audience does not wonder where her kids are. Uh, it's just kind of left unexplained. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's walking down the street and there's an old lady who like sees her. She's like, would you like a pet? And she's like, yeah, sure. I guess I'll see where this goes. And she walks up the stairs. What's into, the worst that could happen? She walks up the stairs into like a weird old house. You see some shots of her, like looking around at like strange science, you know, equipment, like beakers. It's literally the set from like weird science when the door busts open and it's the fog machines and the lights. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, I was just thinking the set from Beekman's world. So, so they're walking. Yeah. Beekman's world is a better call. <laughs> and the woman's like, like just like stay calm and then out from behind uh, a couch uh, walks not the whole way um, a cute little puppy dog right <laughs> he like peeks his head around around the uh, around the couch and the the woman's heart melts and she's like oh hi there sweetie <laughs> and the dog is just like you can talk <laughs> <laughs> and it gets really super excited like right like a puppy like ah, 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 and runs forward and then stops right as if something is holding him and he's trying he's pawing against the, the floor to try and get forward and slowly but surely he drags into frame a cat with its <laughs> with its uh, claws dug into the floor just like scratching along and the woman gasps and then we see like a montage of like cat dog doing adorable things. And the kids initially are super scared, but then they're like, oh, but you're a cat dog and it's blah, 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 blah. And you basically give away the ending of the film, right? Like I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm certain there's like a, a scientist who's like, but for science, we must blah, 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 blah. Um, and then the kids are just like, we wanted a cat and we wanted a dog, but we got a cat dog. Coming soon from Nickelodeon Films. Now, Chris, it's a 90s uh, live-action uh, TV show. Is this 90s horrible CGI, or is this a 90s horrible puppet? Wait, it's 90s? I, wasn't that... I think it just said live-action film. Uh, nope, a 90s live-action. 90s live-action film or show? Ah, uh, film. Film, okay. Uh, I just want to know which kind of horrifying <laughs> to imagine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal-like puppet? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, that is horrifying. Jafar. Okay, so Muppet Babies, Jim Henson, mm -hmm. they started in live action in The Muppets Take Manhattan. 
Um, and then also they've always had lots of like live action, like they cut Tom Selleck into an episode. They cut Stan Lee into an episode. They did. They cut Dave Clay into an episode. The all-time classics. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're going to do for the Muppet Babies live-action movie is a lot of the same. Um, it's going to be the live-action Muppets from the Muppets Take Manhattan. These are very well-produced Jim Henson puppets. They look great. Like, you can Google what they looked like in the Muppets Take Manhattan. They looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're going to make just a fucking fantastic movie. Right? It's going to be Muppets Take Manhattan, you know, Muppet Treasure Island. And the thing that all these movies do is they've got a lot of musical numbers that are fun. They've got a big sweeping adventure. This time it will be with the babies. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know. They always tried to do something that was kind of popular with the times. Like they did uh, uh, Muppet Treasure Island right around the time that Hook and all those movies were coming out in the early 90s. And so we're going to spin off of the popularity of Aladdin and it'll be the normal Muppets and then they'll meet a genie and Piggy will wish that uh, they all got to meet as kids so they could spend their whole life together. And then the genie's evil and turns them all into babies, right? And so the movie is them trying to become adults again, right? And they meet all kinds of of super famous people along the way and they have this great adventure and it is this perfect movie for the 90s. What ruins this movie is nothing in the 90s. It does gangbusters. It's great. Everyone loves it. You've got the most fond memories of watching this movie as a child. Oh boy. But when you go back and watch it today and you realize that everyone in this movie is a sexist, racist piece of shit. You can no longer enjoy it. Literally, there's like a 15-minute sequence with Harvey Weinstein. Like, it's the worst of the worst is it going to be in this movie. And you will just never be able to find happiness in it again. I recently heard a fun name to call Harvey Weinstein, which is Slimestein. Oh. It kind of fits, yeah. Yeah, it works. Okay. Well, that's really sad. Yeah. uh, um, Oh, what's the name of... The Leslie Nielsen movies, uh, Top Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah, you naked gunned it. Uh, <laughs> it's oh no, OJ Simpson's in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really sad, Chris. I was sure you were going to say it's coming out around the time of all the Dolly experiments, and they actually make a cat dog, and <laughs> it is the saddest, most disgusting thing. And they're like. Yeah, we made one, and it died three months after we shot finished filming. Um, but also just, I'm really, like, I'm really set- glad you left us with the opportunity for the sequel, where they put Cat Dog into a pet show. Uh, <laughs> are you in the dog category or the cat category? Yes! And it <laughs> wins both! Uh, <sighs> heartstrings. Uh, uh <laughs> But I think out of the ways you guys pitched and ruined movies, uh, Chris is the movie I want to see more uh, because you didn't ruin anything in the room. You you let time ruin it for us. And <laughs> like it ruins all things. Yeah. I mean, those people were scumbags back then. We just didn't know it yet. That's true. Thank you, Internet. Well, I mean, thank you, Internet. It's good we know. <laughs> All right. 
Back up to the top, it is Ben versus Jaffer. Okay. Hmm. Gentlemen, lock in your picks. Well, I'm going to go with the best theme song out of anything anybody's picked. DuckTales. Hmm. 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 Uh. Now, uh, God. Do I counter with the actual best theme song and take X-Men? Does it have race cars, lasers, and aeroplanes? Or do I counter with Darkwing Duck, which also has a really good theme song, and then we have a launch, pa- launch pad off? Ooh. Mmm. But mm. if you if you save uh, Darkwing Duck against to go against Chris, we will uh, launch pad out the episode. That's true. I was kind of hoping I could do Darkwing versus Batman, to be honest. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's not in the cards. Um. I think we'll go with uh, we'll go with X Men. Oh, so you're not feeling dangerous? I am. I'm just gonna feel dangerous later because I like your idea of launch padding us out of this episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. Death match. Fight your opponent's best character with yours to the death, not just for bragging rights. So Ben, huh. he's going up against Wolverine. one thing i wanted to point out while doing my research did you guys know ducktales starts off with donald duck joining the navy yes donald duck donald duck joins the navy a handful of times throughout his history i knew he did in the in the comic books i did not know that's how ducktales started yeah what do you think he's just going to be an absentee father no he signs up because his country needs him because it's the 90s. And yeah, it's the Gulf War. Yeah, the, the famous naval battles of the Gulf War. <laughs> Thank you for everyone who served. <laughs> His country needed him, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, hold on. <clears throat> I, I, do either of you know how to do a duck vo- the duck voice? Oh, no. no. Okay, because I'm about to try, and it's not going to be good, but... That was the Marines. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> they're they're amphibious-ish. Also, that's that feels really weird when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I've got nothing. It's gotta come from the like the top of your uh the top of your chest right here. Yeah. 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 No. Okay. Uh, no, see, and I just thought, <laughs> why would he be joining the Navy when his job is to not heal you and to fall off a cliff? <laughs> Oh, uh, he teleports back. It's fine. Yeah. So, Ben, who's going up against Wolverine? Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to take Storm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is going to be fun. So, what can Storm possibly conjure that brings together more force than diving a hundred feet into a pile of gold coins. A pile of electrified gold coins? Gold is an excellent conductor of electricity. but... (laughs) Ducks from Duckburg are apparently completely immune to physical damage. Also, well, well, Storm, amazing character, powerful character, probably you made the best choice you could have, except for maybe Rogue. Eh... 
Eh. Unless we go later seasons, Jean Grey. But yeah, I mean, Mag- la- ladies in X Men are really, really powerful, and it's awesome. I think Magneto. I mean, Magneto would have also been. Uh, listen, <laughs> Magneto could have totally encased Scrooge in gold, which would have been a Dante's Inferno esque <laughs> torment for him. Well, it doesn't matter. He still springs his way out and spits them out. Yeah, which means but when he had magnetically held together like that. It means he had gold coins in his lungs and was just like. Listen, Scrooge dives into his gold coins, right, and starts spitting them out at Storm. Storm's no dummy. Storm's queen. She knows what's up. So what's she do? She analyzes. She stinks. She's flying way up in the clouds right now, so she's not worried about those coins getting to her. Because, you know, gold's really heavy. (laughs) Gold's really heavy. It's not getting to her. There's wind currents. She's controlling them. She's fine. She's all like, okay. This guy, I could try and electrocute him, and I probably will a couple of times just because it's fucking easy because I'm Storm. We'll see what happens, but that's not going to be how I win this. Because Scrooge is driven, he lives for one thing, and that's money. So what am I going to do? Tornado off the top of his building? And suck all of his gold coins away and leave him at the very center, untouched. <laughs> I might not be able to physically harm him, but I can kill his soul. I love the, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something here that I'm not anticipating anybody getting. I love the numismatic contrapasso of the situation. Um, <laughs> uh, just the torment is, is appropriate to the sin. So, uh, but I want to point out though. Scrooge has his own superpower. It's not given to him from the X-Gene. It is given to him from his number one dime that he doesn't keep with the rest of his money. Oh, I'm destroying the house, too. I'm taking everything, Ben. (laughs) Also, I want to believe that while this fight is going on and uh, they're uh, fighting each other and she's flying around and he's using his uh, plunger... uh, pogo stick to try and get up at her. <laughs> up in the sky, the Blackbird is flying around with Launchpad McClack's biplane, and they're <laughs> strafing at each other. And that is why nobody else is helping anybody else. Headcanon accepted. Hold on a second. Are we totally certain that this didn't happen in the 90s? I want to believe. Because <laughs> this could have happened. They were. This could have happened. This could have happened. <laughs> uh, well, one was. I think DuckTales Comics were public. And one was uh, Fox. Disney, I think, had their own publishing. You're right; they did. They did at least they, they did. Disney they did those weird, sm- those yeah. weird smaller format comic book things. Yeah, but mm-hmm. as long as Scrooge has his number one dime, you can't hurt him. And you know what? He does love money, but you know what he loves more? His nephews. So he knows he'll be back on top. I you mean, didn't hurt him at all. Storm's not going to touch those nephews. They're saints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they try to be. They're growing boys. They're innocent. Even okay. when they are gouging you for potions. Yeah. So I don't think either side um, is willing to go the final mile in this. Um, oh, no, he's not Glomgold. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, I mean, the criteria is a death match. Um, <laughs> so just thinking about it, like, Storm is probably going to stop just short and I don't think that Scrooge has the capacity to kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm going to go to the pain instead. And I do believe that Storm can create more uh, pain and suffering for Scrooge. Um, Scrooge, while he has uh, family to fall back on, uh, does not have a way of, of striking at Storm where she lives. So He should have bought Xavier's school. <laughs> kicked all those mutants out. <laughs> That's not Scrooge. That's Glomgold. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, the next match is Chris versus Ben. I'm going to go with um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Courage is weird because he, ca- he can occasionally say words, but he doesn't usually. But sometimes mm-hmm. he can say, yes. He's kind of like a weird Scooby-Doo. Fair enough. All right, Chris, do you hear that? You hear those sirens in the distance? And the lightning. Look, up in the sky. It's, it's the bat like, signal. And look on that rooftop. It's Batman. Do, 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 I thought you were going to fake him out again with the biker mice from Mars. No, he has biker mice from Mars. I have Dexter's lab left. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just announced. Jingle all the way three. Shoehorn your show into the Turboverse. Mm. Chris? Okay. So it's Christmas, right? Of course. Um, And in the infinite desert, uh, the the infinite featureless desert of nowhere, which is where Courage the Cowardly Dog lives. Okay. um, As opposed to the snowless Minneapolis (laughs) of... of, uh, uh, jingle all the way one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, courage. The cowardly dog is, uh, sleeping, um, by a, uh, uh, by a, a beautifully lit Christmas tree. You can see the lights through the, the windows of their farmhouse out against the, like I said, vast and featureless infinite desert of nowhere. Um, I'm really, really fascinated with the setting of this show. Um, Courage the Cowardly Dog might have been Night Vale before Night Vale existed. <laughs> like, it's... Regardless, this is a Christmas episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so he's sleeping peacefully underneath the tree when all of a sudden something happens. There's a sound and a, a Christmas bobble falls off of the tree and hits Courage in the head, which wakes him up. Of course, he's terrified, so he's like looking around trying to see what's going on. And, uh, and then Eustace, who is Courage's uh, hu- human owner, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the crotchety old man, comes sleepwalking down the staircase. And right as he's uh, you know, reaching the, the first landing, he begins to trip, and Courage is like, oh no! And he rushes to grab him and catches him just as he's about to like fall f- and smack his, his face. And that's when the door... Nice save. That's when the door gets kicked open and uh, through the door comes Arnold. Okay. He's current day Arnold. <laughs> he's looking a little grayer in the, in, in the hair. Yeah. Um, he's also live action, right? Just to make this go for it. <laughs> and he's just like, give it to me. 
and he encourages like he's holding Eustace, right? No, <laughs> and Arnold pulls out a machine gun and begins firing. And Courage rushes up the stairs and runs, runs and gets uh, Muriel and jumps out the the window with his two owners holding them. This is a thing he does all the time in the yeah in, yeah in the show. He's like holding two full size humans. It's great. He jumps down and he runs away into like a rock quarry. And Arnold is coming after him so hard. Blah 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 blah. Um, and uh, he finally corners them. You know, back at the house. Courage okay. has, has run out of steam. He's just trying so desperately to protect his owners. And Arnold, you know, reaches out as though he's going to grab Courage or, or, or harm his owners. But instead, his hand goes down to a present wrapped underneath the Christmas tree. And he pulls it out. And he goes, at last, it's mine. <laughs> and he rips the packaging off of it. And it's a Turbo Man doll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ben. So... I am tying uh, Batman the Animated Series into uh, the Turbo, uh, into Jingle All the Way 3. So it's not going to be a Batman series, uh, Batman the Animated Series episode. We're making mm-hmm. a movie. Okay. And you know what? Jingle All the Way 2 didn't do great. Yeah. Saddest Wikipedia entry I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's on the list. So, somebody understanding that nostalgia can, can be important really decides to to make to make it fun to do something weird with it and i think the just the man to make jingle all the way three is kevin smith i think he thinks this is a fun fun little project and you know what he has the pull to really get some stuff going yeah so uh it stars uh the main character is not the same it is not jacob lloyd but it is a a grown-up jamie Okay. Um, and he is uh, trying to get the big toy for this year, and it's a Batman toy. All right. And throughout the course of the movie, we keep running into uh, just care, uh, people who were from uh, Batman the Animated Series. You run into uh, Kevin Conroy as, uh, you know, uh, the guy at the mall who's just like, <laughs> you can't get a Batman toy. Are you stupid? Uh, you know, y- mm-hmm. you run into... Uh, uh, he gets hit by a car at one point and it gets thrown into a, 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 an ambulance. And who are the uh, EMTs? It's Ron Perlman and Kate Mulgrew. Oh, hey, uh, hey. Who played Clayface and the Red Claw. Uh, I'm really sad. I want to put Brock Peters in it, but he sadly passed. Uh Brock okay. Peters, do you, you remember who he is, right? No. Uh, he's uh, he did the voice of Lucius Fox. He's uh, Jake Sisko from DS Nine. Jake, Sis- or not? Uh, uh, the Grandpa. Yeah. Okay. Grandpa Sisko. Yeah. Um, he was also in a ton of other stuff. Yeah. He was in uh, 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 To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. He's, he's great. Uh, and you just get uh, you keep bringing in all these awesome character actors who did you know parts on the show, but. Who is the one person we know needs to be there? Mark, Mark Hamill. Who's the antagonist of the film? <laughs> it's Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark Hamill is is the guy who has to 
he it turns out he is behind this whole new line of Batman uh, the animated series toys because everybody's kind of like why are there toys for this show and how did they get to be so big and it's Mark Hamill is pulling all the strings uh, Mark Hamill is using his uh, his voice talents to uh, to make it uh, to make orders to put all these toys in all the stores and then to buy them all up to create scarcity uh, to drive up the the prices of uh, of his his own designed uh, toys, mm-hmm. and at the end, young Jake or young Jamie has to have his showdown with Mark Hamill, and Mark Hamill slips into the Joker voice, and you're just like, oh, it's it's everything we want from this this uh, this sappy movie, and then who should come and help him up? But it's Kevin Conroy again, and he's like, hey, we got another shipment in, we're all okay. Hey, Mark, how's it going? And he's like, oh, you got more in? Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends on a funny, funny down note where every all the children get their toys and uh, you just got to go on this wonderful adventure through all, all these voices you recognize from being, being a kid. All right. So um, I really liked that pitch, Ben. That was really good. I would really like that movie. I would like that movie too much for it to be a jingle all the way movie. <laughs> um, also, it's a little unbelievable, not in the fact that you got that entire cast, but in that Kevin Smith made a movie without stoners in it. So I'm going to give this point to Chris. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. <laughs> ben is searching his memory. <laughs> it's like, uh, chasing Amy? Nah. Chasing Amy. Nah, bro. No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were there stoners in Cop Out? Oh, man. I forgot about Cop Out. Cop Out was really good. Yeah. I should rewatch Cop Out. I'm just sad that it, like, ruined his life because he hated working on it so much. Yeah. That's a bummer. <clears throat> we should watch Cop Out. <laughs> we should watch Bon Cop, Bad Cop. Yes. We need to do that. <laughs> soon. I'll, I'll bring it over soon. Okay. <laughs> um, when's Canada Day? We should watch it for a Canada Day special. <laughs> okay, Google. Stop asking Stop your phone shit, Chris. When is Canada Day? <laughs> Canada Day is on Monday, July 1st, 2019. We haven't missed it, guys. Okay. Well, that, of course they would put it in, in Independence Day week. Right. Fucking. All right. The next match is Jafer versus Chris. All right. Last match before the finals. Reach in. Ho. And I'm going to go with Doug. All right. I'm going to go with. Well, this is fitting, I guess, because we were just talking about Canada. I'm going to go with the Angry Beavers. All who, right. Who actually live in Oregon. <laughs> you know, oh. Oregon's in the United States, right? Yes. Okay. I was saying, like, to, to, to make it clear that I don't think that the Angry Beavers live in Canada. I know okay. That, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Everything goes better with Captain Crunch. Pitch <laughs> a cereal based on your show. Bonus points for including a sweet mail-in prize. <laughs> All right. Um, so... So, yeah, Jafer, pitch me that Honker Burger cereal. Well, no. no I mean, honker, honker Burger cereal would be... Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> um, but Doug's life 
is kind of defined in the series by little disappointments. <laughs> right. So are you pitching me that mayonnaise cereal? No, I'm pitching <laughs> I'm pitching you the opposite of oops all berries. It's oops no berries. <laughs> so it's just Douglas Captain Crunch. It's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it is, right? But there's an episode that sells it where it's you know, Doug's like, oh, I want oops, all berries. You know, that's the good stuff. And his mom's like, I wrote it down, honey. I'll get it. And then comes back with oops, no berries. <laughs> and it's just another one of those little disappointments in Doug's life that sells this tie-in cereal. Now, the if you get five oops, no berries box tops and mail them into P.O. Box 6734, Los Angeles, California... You will in turn will receive a pork chop dog toy. Oh, I was going to think it would be a casingle uh, uh, of his sister Judy berating you for falling into the cap- capitalist machine. <laughs> <laughs> it is Judy, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, alternatively, it could have been, you know, the, a B-side from the beats. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, it's going to be like... Oh, one thank of those you little... for not doing a killer tofu cereal. <laughs> You're also welcome. Uh, no, it's like a little squeaky thing that's yeah. shaped like pork chop that your dog can chew on. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's adorable. By the way, uh, oops, no berries. That's just Captain Crunch. Yes. Yeah, no, I established that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had to check because my, my, my memory after you said that was like, wait, are there berries in... Regular cap and crunch? Nope. Nope. It's in crunch berries that there are berries, and then oops all berries is without cap and crunch. Yeah. And then yeah. the very limited run, oops, Dave fell into the cereal machine. Oh. Uh, and you find little bits of uh of uniform. <laughs> uh. Okay. Um so you've got two brothers, right? Yes. Daggett and Norbert Beaver. Mm-hmm. Um so here's a little bit of trivia about the Angry Beavers that you might not be aware of. Um, a final episode was planned for this show called Bye Bye Beavers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this uh, final episode, I, I guess I have to give a little bit of context for this final episode. The people who are making the Angry Beavers got real tired of making the Angry Beavers, <laughs> right? And so they thought to themselves, let's write an episode that Nickelodeon will just cancel us, right? Um, and the way that they thought about doing it, it was, it's not like in a super huge, like fuck you establishment way. They thought Nickelodeon loves keeping these shows in, uh, in, in reruns forever, you know, into, in, unto infinity. It is, it was at least for the time, very rare for a Nickelodeon show to have any sort of linear development, right? You would mm-hmm. have, just have episodes because linear development would seem like out of place they would they would have to like you know run the show in its entirety uh rather than just like cramming it any weird place and just playing the episodes they wanted to play so yes so they wrote a final episode called bye bye beaver in which uh daggett and norbert realize that they are cartoons and eventually norbert reveals that he's known it all along he just thinks that thought that Daggett would like take it poorly. There's a bunch of cool gags where they like acknowledge the names of the voice actors who play them. Um, but it all starts when over breakfast, Daggett is eating oatmeal nom, 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 nom. and Norbert gets a letter telling him that their show has been canceled. <laughs> um, so rather than a cold cereal, I'm going to make a warm cereal, hot cereal. Oh. It's an oatmeal. Okay. Um, and it's called, uh, 
Daggett and Norbert's Nuggets of Sherbert. We know we just got canceled oatmeal. So, Chris, I don't know if you know this. Something very similar happened on a TV show called Cop Rock. Oh. Where halfway through their final episode, all of the characters come out and talk about how their show got canceled, and then they sing a farewell song. (laughs) (laughs) Cop Rock, if you don't know, is a procedural police drama that's also a musical. (laughs) It's not a police musical that's, like, light and silly. Like, they're dealing with murders and, like, uh, human trafficking. (laughs) But they also sing about it. Yeah. Okay. Nick, Nickelodeon, by the way, allowed them to get almost to the stage of making this episode to the point where the audio exists, but that's it. They never actually made the episode. Huh. So they achieved what they wanted to achieve and got their show. Got the show canceled. Got the show canceled. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know when it comes to me and my Saturday morning uh, cartoon experience. I know the thing my mom would probably buy me is the Oops No Berries, but the thing I would be begging for every time is the Angry Beavers, Sherbet, (laughs) Daggett and and Norbert's Nuggets of Sherbet, We Know We Are Cartoons Oatmeal. Which, I know that's what I want, so that is what I'm begging for. That is what I'm saying, Mom, can we please get the Angry Beavers oatmeal? So to be clear, you want Chris's, but you get mine? Yeah, which means I'm voting for Chris. Chris gets the point. Chris gets the point. I just need clarification there. All right. I'm just, my mom would buy us King Vitamin. We did not get good cereal. (laughs) I grew up with a lot of cocoa wheats, and I wasn't allowed to have sugary cereals through my entire childhood. I didn't have corn pops until I was 16, I think. Um, And it wasn't until I went away to college and had an abundance of sugary (laughs) cereals to choose from in my dormitory cafeteria uh, (laughs) in the towers there that I got to try all of those cereals for the very first time. And my life has never been the same. I love frosted mini wheats. I just got mini wheats. I just got. Did wheats. you know they came unfrosted? <laughs> yes, I did, because that's what we got. I also, sadly, like, never got to have the Oreo cereal. Never got to have like all those like crazy like. Hey, you remember this crazy thing from the nineties? <laughs> it's like, no, my mom would only buy me King Vitamin. <laughs> so, I do to this day prefer Corn Flakes over Frosted Flakes, but neither so, here nor there. <laughs> I did not live in such privation. <laughs> I did not know I was so privileged. Uh, I ate Captain Crunch until the top of my mouth bled. Um, I believe it. I I thought that corn pops were terrible, not because I didn't have them, but because I had them too much and always wanted Captain Crunch instead. Um, to 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 even out the the playing field, though, I didn't have cable for most of my childhood. So, so uh. Earlier, I made a reference, Chris, mm-hmm. to a character from Freakazoid whose name I will not say because I'm committed to the bit now. Sure. Uh, but. Wait, you talking about Candlejack? I am. Oh! So while Ben's gone and working his way back here. Um, so while we were talking about that, I posted on the Draft the Universe Facebook page a animated gif of that aforementioned <laughs> character that Ben just named. Yeah. Saying. I hope you're all looking forward to our Saturday morning cartoon draft. I know someone who's waiting patiently because that's the character's thing is he waits for someone to say his name. Sure. Um, and one person has responded to that, Chris. Yeah. And they've responded with a love emoji. That person is your mom. 
<laughs> your mom got my Candlejack reference, Chris, and you your didn't. Mom, Chris's mom was like, Be "Don't supportive. you ruin for this me? <laughs> Don't you ruin this for me? You're kidnapped by that guy whose name I almost just said, but stopped myself right now." Okay, so I watched Freakazoid and Animaniacs, but I was I watched them to get through them to the Batman. Like I was in I was in it for the Batman, nothing else. Everything else was just like keeping me amused until I got to the Batman. Well, I think you would really dig it. I loved yeah. all the gags that they did with like Batman related gags in the Animaniacs because there's yeah, a handful. There's a lot of them. Yeah. All right. So we're at the finals mm -hmm. and it's Chris versus Jafar. Yep. So, Chris, you want to lock in? Who? All right. Well, I'll finish it off by uh, leaving no stone unturned. As you are wont to do. Um, and I'm going to go with. The biker mice from Mars. Yeah. They or kill people in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> and I will follow suit and launch pad us out of here. Yeah. With Darkwing Duck. All right, Ben. What do we All right. Got? Reaching into that Thundercats uh, lunchbox. And I can now confirm. Twinkies do have a shelf life. <laughs> and this one's his past. <laughs> okay. We all know what Saturday morning TV is about. The toys! What toy would your parents not buy you? But Tim, Timmy totally got. He gets everything. Why don't you love me as much as Timmy's parents love him? Hmm. Gonna start with this. I totally had Biker Mice from Mars uh, toys. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they were sweet. <laughs> and I believe I had some Darkwing Duck toys too. So I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Can I just pitch the Biker Mice from Mars toys that existed? Well, no, you need to come up with, like, the big $200 box set that nobody's parents are totally buying. <laughs> gotcha, okay. So who goes first? Chris. Chris. So I think in the past I've talked about how much I uh, loved the movie uh, Small Soldiers. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it because of the murder toys. And right? Phil Hartman. And Phil Hartman, uh, uh, who was not trying to sleep with another man's wife, as in uh, Jingle, all, jingle the way. all the Way. Um, wait, is there a universe maybe where Phil Hartman loses his wife to the toys and then moves to Minneapolis to try and start again? And then he sw uh, strikes out so bad he moves to New York City, City to become a news radio host. Holy I am totally down for the Phil Hartman verse. <laughs> the Phil Hartman verse is by extension the Turboverse. Yes. And it's kind of like every film that Phil Hartman has ever appeared in, he played the same character? Almost. Okay, I could be the, I could I could be down with that. Regardless. So, um your average uh the uh, like the toys that everybody had for small soldiers were these like 6 or 8 inch action figures. Mm -hmm. They had some like standard missile launchers. They had some cool stuff, right? The toy that you really, really wanted, though, was the, like, 12-inch. Um, and the 12-inch, like, Chip Hazard, who is the bad guy, but whose toy I really fucking wanted as a kid, let me tell you, because Archer... <laughs> so the, the movie makes a point about how, like, kids probably wouldn't like the Gorgonites, right? No. They'd prefer the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Commando Elite. 
totally fucking true. I really wanted a Chip Hazard 12 inch because he had like actual clothes on and he had like guns that would actually fit into his holsters and like a knife that went into his sheath. And I fucking loved those tiny little accessories. I made uh, dental floss grappling hooks for all of my other toys because they did not come with grappling hooks. And why would you include, why wouldn't you include a grappling hook with every single toy? I had several Batman the Animated Series toys that came with grappling hooks. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm thinking that uh, for Biker Mice from Mars, you have the standard toys, Ben, you and I Mm -hmm. had these, which were the, you know, six inch figures that came with their motorcycles. It was awesome. And helmets. They had antenna. Right? The Biker Mice from Mars had antenna. Because they're aliens. Because they're aliens from Mars. Yeah. Um, and their antenna would retract down into their head to fit under the helmets. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, everybody had those, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining the 12-inch version, version, right? I'm thinking that, like, to make it even more 90s, like, the, the mice themselves have, like, flocked skin. So they're kind of, like, fuzzy a little bit. Okay. Right? They feel a little bit like mice. Um, they've got like, like actual, like, you know, anything, any weapon that you saw them wielding in the TV show, um, they have like the ability to like put it in a little slot on their, you know, full size, really awesome. You know, we're talking like if they, if they're 12 inch figures, their motorbikes are like fucking foot and a half, two foot, foot and a half, two foot long. Um, they've got like a stand so that you can like like not have them just like laying on their side on the floor. Um, I'm, I'm seeing maybe some batteries in this so that when you push them along, they make like motorcycle noises like, Oh yeah. These things are using C's. Yeah. They're going to be mm-hmm. C-, C batteries. Um, you press a button on the back of each of them. They utter some catchphrases, which man, that the dialogue in Biker Mice from Mars is real bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you recall this, but it's just like, they they talk like weird jazz musicians. They're just like, yeah, groovy. <laughs> just like, uh, uh, okay. I believe it. Um, I think the piece de resistance though um, would be the uh, the 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 build a character that comes with all of them, um, which is <laughs> I'm not going to remember his name, uh, but there is a uh, henchman uh, called Cataclysm. Do you guys remember this? No. Nope. He's a he's a cat. He's a giant muscular cat. Okay. Called Cataclysm. That's very nineties cartoon. Um, voiced by Brad Garrett. Nice. <laughs> uh, and so that's going to be the you got to collect all three because you collect a figure, build a figure. Kind of comes with the. So you have like the three twelve inch uh, mice, and then you have like a straight up like twenty four inch um, cat voiced by Brad Garrett. And your parents don't understand why you definitely need all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I feel that pain. It's the perfect. It's the perfect toy. They're like, "Hey, we spent sixty dollars on this stupid toy. Why are you so mad?" And it's like, "Cause now I only have Cataclysm's feet." Yep. You always got the shittiest part of the build a figure too. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Jafar. So, in Darkwing Duck, there were a couple vehicles. That would make expensive toys and did make expensive toys. Mm-hmm. We're pitching something new here. So I'm going to take a variant of something that they made and I'm going to package it with something else. So I've got a two par- pack, right? All right. Um, I'm already I, excited. It'll be a four pack, actually. Oh. This is something for you and a sibling, right? Hmm. It's like out the gate that way. Um, and what it is, is it's Darkwing Duck's gas gun. 
Yeah. Right? Which shoots tear gas. Um, a plunger. A plunger. A grappling hook. Of course. Right? Um, and then um, one other type of non-lethal gas weapon, right? And that's going to be half of it with Darkwing Duck's hat thrown in, right? Nice. The hat's going to be felt and cheap because we're throwing it in last minute. Yeah. But it'll be the hat and Darkwing Duck's gun. This is one half of the package. The uh, that, that package is colored purple and it's dark colored. And then the other half is bright yellow because it represents Darkwing Duck's arch nemesis, Negaduck. Ooh. Right? This is <laughs> this is real. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering if I'm ripping off Scott Pilgrim right now, no, Scott Pilgrim is ripping off Darkwing Duck. I Well, I don't think so. Homage. Yeah. Homage. Um, so Negaduck has a very similar hat that is orange with a black band on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a Musketeer's hat, and it actually looks pretty sweet, Chris. You probably want one of these. Okay. Um, but Negaduck famously also had a weapon he fought with. Yes. Which is a giant gas chainsaw. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the other half of this package is a giant gas chainsaw. Wait, like a real chainsaw? Yeah. The point was that it's something your parents would never buy for you, right? It's a gun and a chainsaw. <laughs> it's, a it's, it's a grappling hook gun and a chainsaw for your younger brother. What could go wrong? I mean, I do like the, the parody of that because it's like... You got to get close enough to me, and I'm shooting projectiles at you. Yeah. But if you get too close to me, you've got a chainsaw. I mean, that was the dynamic of Darkwing Duck and Nega Duck, so it plays out in real life. I mean, I put my brother into the dryer one time <laughs> and turned it on. And he's a perfectly normal dude. And I never had access to a gas chainsaw, so I'm I'm guessing that. Um, well, do you want to be Nega Duck? No, you're going to make your brother be Negaduck. You're going to give him that chainsaw. All I'm saying is that if I had had this toy, I think that <laughs> I think that Christmas is at the Roy. Or, right now, am I? I can't remember if I've doxed you, myself you, yet. You, you doxed yourself funny, Chris. Christmas is at the Roy family household would be much would be much sadder. <laughs> <laughs> but your parents would never buy it for you. It's an actual gas chainsaw. I mean. <laughs> I keep waiting for you to be like, yeah, but it's a nerf thing. No, you keep it, it's a chainsaw. It's a chainsaw. Okay. Your parents would never buy you that. I understand. I, I was expecting you to be like, and for your brother, it's just the launchpad McQuack hat and he's your sidekick. Uh <laughs> which is the the doomed state of the younger brother. Um I can just say right now, my parents would buy me neither of these. Yeah. I would um, hope your parents would buy you a fucking guest chainsaw. <laughs> uh but the one that Timmy's mom and dad would buy that I know I would be super jealous of is the miser, is the biker mice from Mars because nobody's parents are buying a gas chainsaw for their child. <laughs> Thought that was the point. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe I went a little too hard. You went a little there. too far. <laughs> okay. Now let me, let me, uh, let me just state Jafer that it's lovely to have you in the murder toys camp. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, things just got so exciting. Uh, we have uh, monthly meetings. <laughs> They're very dangerous. They're quarter pointed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Chris, you come back and you win. I'm and I'm 
I'm so glad that I that I could do that. Yeah, thanks, new Seth. <laughs> yeah, Seth wants you. You won. You leave. Seth wins two in a row. He <laughs> leaves. You win one. I'm starting to feel that this game might be a little rigged. <laughs> so hold on. Let me just point out that if it is rigged, both of you guys are letting me win every time. <laughs> are we? I don't feel like that's I, I what's don't happening. Think so. I'm I'm certain that our records are pretty much even. <laughs> they might have been until now. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've had some pretty bad dry spells. All right. Well, this has offended my honor. I feel like I should have won that one. <laughs> okay. And accordingly, I will defend my honor in the proper way next topic, which is, of course... The Duel. We are drafting movie swordsmen next week. Okay. All right. I already know who my first pick is, and I'm very, very excited. Well, you do get the advantage of first pick. I'm, ah, uh, there are so many great choices. I'm very, very excited. All right, well... Thanks, as always, to the Kickstand Band for our theme song, How It Feels. Um, I'd like to think that their music could uh, could make a, a kick-ass theme song for a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, so give their music a listen at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com. I think they're also on Google Play and iTunes as well, but all of their music is available at thekickstandband.bandcamp.com. Feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com. And I have to go quick because we only have a certain amount of time for the outro. Facebook.com slash drafttheuniverse, Twitter at drafttheverse. See you next week, Internet. Bye. Please tell people about us. Oh, shit. I didn't hit record this whole time. Fuck. get the lunchbox for fully work no no <laughs> no, we, it's, we, it's the one time we actually have the thing that we're we drawing out of on we, the table. we literally have it and we're not going to use it no okay it makes noises and people we're, bump the table and it we rattles used it for like the first four or five episodes and then yeah. we had to abandon it because it made too much noise you're right you're right okay